Ion 2020 episode 185. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, bringing you your midweek episode. This is Wednesday, and I am bringing you episode 185. Thank you for joining me for another day of the news, the related events, all the things that go on in the 2020 election, taking a libertarian stance on these positions and bringing those ideas and those thoughts to you so that you can be the most informed person in your group so that when you are having those conversations with your friends about the candidates and their policies, positions, and all that good stuff, you'll be able to inform them uh, why those things are wrong. And, you know, if they're right, why they're right. But uh, at least you'll be able to take a principled libertarian view and bring those to your friends as well. So that's what I do this for every single day. And I appreciate you joining me again for another episode of Ion 2020. Today, I just want to talk about one specific topic. Uh, maybe I'll cover two topics. I have two things on my list of things that I wanted to talk about. But the first thing I was going to get into was the uh, polls that came out since the debate was over. So the debate was last Thursday, and there's been a couple of polls that have come out since then just showing who is the front runners and who's not. So I'm going to go ahead and go over those with you guys today, and then uh, possibly tell you some of my thoughts on Trump versus any of these candidates as well, okay? Because obviously um, none of that matters. Who, who the, the thing that's most important in the Democratic voter's mind is who's going to be able to beat Trump. And I'm going to give you my... I, I, I'm kind of unbiased, right? So my unbiased view on who can beat Trump and who can't beat Trump. Because I don't really favor Trump and I don't favor any of the Democrats by any means. I'm kind of in a neutral position here because I don't really... I mean, Trump does good things, he does bad things, and I'm sure if uh, any of these candidates got into power, they would do good things and bad things as well that that I agree with and things that I don't agree with. Same thing if, you know, during the the Obama administration, he did things I agree with and things he did things I didn't agree with. So um, that's just the way I the way I can look at it is just take an unbiased view on that. So I'm going to go ahead and go through these um, these polls that came out. So there was two polls: Emerson poll and then also political morning consult poll. So I'll, I'll go through those with you guys. All right, and then from there, I'll give you some ideas on what I think if any of those people can beat. Uh, beat Donald Trump. So, uh, but first, go ahead, if you can, go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you're first time listening, uh, subscribing to the show is going to help you to hear the show tomorrow. I have 184 episodes before this one, so if you want to listen to some of those episodes, you can as well. Go back and search through, check through some of those shows. Uh, there might be some topics that interest you, there might be some topics that don't, but definitely uh, plenty of plenty of listening material for you, because uh, I've done a show every single day, Monday through Friday, since January, so haven't stopped, haven't stopped yet. Uh, but anyway... Go ahead and do that if you want to subscribe. If you really like what you hear, though, you can go ahead and give me a five-star rating and review as well. I really enjoy reading those reviews. I really enjoy seeing those ratings come up as well. Uh, sometimes when I'm criticizing some of these candidates, uh, especially on the Democratic side, I might get a one-star review. So any five-star reviews definitely help to uh, to beat those one-star reviews for sure and help me to stay up in those uh, stay up in those rankings on the Apple and all the other 
podcatchers because you could listen to me through pretty much any podcatcher out there. I've managed to get myself onto most of them. So uh, just want to make sure that those reviews stay high. So five-star ratings, always great. Give me a review if you want to as well. And then uh, email me, ray at iontheempire.com. You can do that. You can follow my website, iontheempire.com. It's also on Facebook and on Twitter, I Am The Empire as well. So check those out, okay? But uh, let's go ahead and dive into these these uh, these polls that came out. So the political poll was d- poll was done Friday to Monday, and it came out on Monday or Friday to Sunday. It came out on Monday, and it was showing. This is immediately after the debate was over. With so basically on Friday morning they started uh, polling these people. Now, how many people actually watched the debates? Eh, you know, I don't know. Most of the people that heard anything about the debates, it definitely came down to them hearing about it on the news in the aftermath of it. So the next couple of days afterwards, they probably saw some highlights and stuff. Uh, maybe two or three million people actually watched the debates. Probably less than that got through the entire thing. Uh, maybe, I, they say the first hour is usually the one that gets the most watches, or most people watching, and then by by 11 o'clock, I mean, most people have tuned up by then. I think I even stopped the thing about five, you know, five minutes early, even though I'm supposed, supposed to be listening to the entire thing. But I just couldn't do it. Uh, it was it was it was um, it was hard to watch. Very hard to watch. Uh, most people that are doing these critiques of these debates have said the same thing as well. Uh, hopefully, they will slow down the debates and get rid of some of these people. That's probably the the key to making it uh, making it a little bit better. I would imagine. So let me go ahead and hop into what I found, though. Okay, so Monday you had the. The political morning consult poll come out, and that, like I said, that was done from Friday until Sunday, and that's immediately in the aftermath of the debate. And it shows Biden at thirty-two percent. Okay, so Biden's sitting there at thirty-two percent. You have Warren at eighteen percent, Sanders at twenty percent, Harris at six percent percent. Buttigieg at 5%, O'Rourke at 4%. So he actually got a little bit of a boost in the polls because the most recent ones after that, or before that, was him at 2% and at 1%. So he got a little bit of a boost from the from the debates. But obviously he said, he said, damn right we're going to take those guns or whatever he said. You, you guys have heard the whole, whole scenario of what he said. And uh, so Yang got 3%, Booker's at 3%, and then you got Klobuchar at 2%. So all the people that were on the stage, that's the 10 that were on the stage, except for Julian Castro, are above 1%. Julian Castro drops to 1%, so he didn't do himself any favors at all, but he was pulling around 1% for the, for the month of September anyway on just about every poll that came out, except for the Hill poll that came out. And uh, in the beginning of the month, but other than that, he's been at one percent anyway. So he broke. He shouldn't even be on the stage next debate. First of all, um, Gabbard, she's been getting one and two percent, and that's about it. So she's probably not going to make it onto the next debate stage as well. Uh, but Klobuchar, definitely, she she got she she went up a hundred percent. She went from one percent to two percent on the political poll. But those polls don't really matter too much. Uh, there is a margin of error and everything that goes along with those, but. Joe Biden definitely um, definitely is having no problem whatsoever staying in the lead, even after having just subpar performances on the debates. He still looks, though, like he's the most presidential. He looks, still looks like the guy that's most likely to be able to beat Donald Trump, and I'm pretty sure that's why he is 12 points above Bernie Sanders and 14 points above Elizabeth Warren. 
But if you listen to them all speak, I mean, Biden, he can hearken back to the Obama days, right? He's going to have, he, he can walk lockstep with with uh, Barack Obama and say, yeah, it was me. I helped him do that, you know, and, and he can embrace that. Elizabeth Warren, when you listen to her talk, she sounds like a crying a crying person like she's just sitting there whining and crying and she says she has the plan for that and all that stuff but um i couldn't sit there and listen to her as a president for four years i mean obviously if she was president you would have to but she's just she's way overly over the top socialist by first of all um she's nearly as socialist as bernie sanders possibly even more so i'm not sure because i think that I think that she might be more openly about, you know, just using executive orders to make things happen or something like that. But Sanders might be the same way as well. Uh, one of those two would need to drop out in order to get to the point where they can beat Joe Biden, though. That would be the that would be the most important thing. If one of those two drops out, then they're going to be head to head with Joe Biden, maybe even beating him in the polls, uh, because people like people that are socialists and people that have more like the views that the government should be doing more in the economy and in, in everything else, um, especially with business and stuff, then Warren and Sanders is their, are their people. So, And then Biden's kind of like, the hey, let's keep it as a status quo, maybe build upon what we have a little bit. That's pretty much what people are thinking about. Now, Harris, still at 6%. I mean, she's been pulling, she was pulling, you know, 12, 13, 14% for a while, and then all of a sudden she's down to where she's like around... You know, in the beginning of the month, she was around 8%. Now she's at 6%. So she's actually falling in the polls as well. Uh, but when, when you listen to her talk, she's low energy. She doesn't sound like she really wants it. She kind of, she sounds like she knows what she's talking about, but she says it so quietly and so timid. She doesn't seem like she's aggressive about ever, ever, anything. And that's not going to help her with the people that say, hey, we need someone that can beat Donald Trump. I bet she can get crazy pretty quick, though, man. She probably has a little bit of a fiery temper and stuff because he's seen it in her. And if she was doing that all the time, I bet you that she would be a little bit higher in the polls than she is. But she's just the person. I mean, when you listen to her talk, she seems sleepy, man. That, that's that's the only impression I got. And I'm pretty sure most people pro probably felt the same way when they listened to her talk. Pete Buttigieg with his 5%. He is... You know, I've said this before, I think he's the sleeper in the group, but he has to wake up. I mean, his poll numbers are not reflecting him being the sleeper in this group. Uh, he does pretty well in Iowa, though, and I know that he's focusing most of his attention on Iowa. He really does want to win Iowa, and if he does happen to win that state, then it'll shoot him into the front-runner status in some ways uh, over Joe Biden and over Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, but he is competing a lot of, in a lot of ways with the Warren and Sanders vote, to be honest with you. And um, but he's trying to kind of be like a middle ground person as well. He's the one that raised the most money in quarter one. I have not looked at the. I can't remember if I looked at the quarter two results or not. But um, he won. He raised so much money in quarter one. It was just amazing. And then you have Beto O'Rourke. I mean, he is not really doing anything in the polls. He got himself a little bit of a boost, but uh, he's trying to seem like he's the cool guy and all that stuff. He actually started swearing on, on this debate stages and stuff like that. And um, I don't know. He's 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 a sinking ship, absolutely. And then Cory Booker, he's not doing anything f with these polls at all, which surprises me because I was really thinking that Cory Booker was going to be the one that kind of uh, stands out among all those people, but 
who knows who knows um but that's pretty much it i mean most of these other people they have no chance whatsoever it's a three or four person race right now absolutely uh i think that Buttigieg is going to be replacing uh kamala harris as number four pretty soon and then you got you know biden sanders and warren pretty much and then you got Buttigieg and harris that are kind of there yang though you know, is getting some pretty good traction in some ways. I mean, he went from two point two percent to three percent. He did seem pretty uh, interesting on stage. I'm sure that's what people thought about him. Uh, might have got them to look at his debate performance. Or the deb- debate performance might have gotten them to look at him more seriously, or at least look at his website. Um, I've heard that he was one of the most googled person, like people after the debates, as well as. Um, he won like a lot of these polls that you see on like Drudge Report and stuff like that, but who knows? I mean, he's that's just us his followers that that would do that. But who can beat Donald Trump? That's the big question, right? That's the big question in everyone's mind. Who of these people can beat Donald Trump? And it's it's confusing me because I am almost certain that Donald Trump is going to lose in 2020 based upon just the way that it sounds like. This is the way that things sound right now. It just seems to me that it is the fact that Donald Trump is going to lose. But then again, that's what they were saying in 2016. So you never know what's going to happen with this whole, with the entire election process. I mean, the polls were terrible for Donald Trump back then. Um, they were still trying to claim him racist back then as well. They were still doing the same thing they're doing now, which is just beating out upon him daily, every single day, seven days a week. Um, and they're still doing it today. At what point do people get sick of it? I don't know. I, I just, the, the way that the polls look, though, so you look at a lot of these polls, um, Trump over Biden, Trump over Warren, Trump over Sanders, and they typically beat him by 3, 4, 5% on these national polls, right? And then you go into individual states, it's the same way. Uh, but, you know, on the red state, like uh, the red state, blue state thing, um, you're going to assume that uh, Donald Trump is going to win all the Republican states and, and you know, the Democrats are going to win all the Democratic states or whatever. But, um, you go into like California, obviously California is going to go for the Democrat, no matter what, no matter who it is even. And I actually, there's some polls that I'm looking at right now from Emerson that reflect that. Biden wins by 28 points. Warren wins by 22 points. Sanders wins by 25 points. Harris even wins by 22 points, but she is from California. So you'd expect her to be actually higher in California than Biden, but she's not. That says something about her campaign as well. So, um, but yeah, that's the that's the polls that that I found. But I just so if I jump into it and say, can Biden beat Trump? I really do think that Biden would be able to beat Trump. Overall, I mean, that's just my unbiased view on that. Um, Biden's kind of like the status quo candidate. He might reinstitute Obamacare and get that stuff uh, where they're gonna reinstitute like the the uh, mandate where you have to buy insurance. They might reinstitute some of these Obamacare plans, uh, things like that, right? So Biden's kind of the status quo candidate. Um, get rid of just the idea of getting rid of Donald Trump. So if someone just wants to get rid of Donald Trump, they're going to vote for Biden if he is the person that's running against Donald Trump, if he wins the Democratic nomination. Jump on to Sanders, though. They are going to beat up on Sanders so much for being a socialist. I just don't think that he'd be able to beat Donald Trump. I really don't. Same thing with Warren. Like, she has all these plans, but if you look at these plans, they are very much central planning of the economy. They're government takeover of industry. There's just a lot of stuff that would scare people off. And people, especially older people, people that are more likely to vote, they are very scared of the word socialist. 
Um, so we'll see. I mean, you look at, you look at Sanders and Warren. I just am not convinced that they'd be able to beat Donald Trump. Kamala Harris, she would have to have a lot more energy. She'd want to take it to Donald Trump and and really just um, hit him on the nose a few times with some with some word jabs. You know, uh, I don't think that she has the energy in her to do it from what I see. Um, but who knows, Pete Buttigieg? He's really young. Uh, I don't think he has. He doesn't seem like he attacks people. And that's, he seems like more like a politician. Like he even said something really dorky on stage that was like, um, he was trying to sound like he was, I can't remember the exact quote. I wish I could remember it, but it just sounded really dorky the way that he said it. And he was, he could have used a swear word or he could have used something that was a little harder, but he says, God, or doggone it. That's what it was. He said like, dag nabbit. And like, who the heck says dag nabbit? You know, even I don't say dag nabbit on my show. I don't think, oh, hopefully I don't anyway. Uh, and I don't even curse on my show, but he used that dag nabbit. And uh, I just, <laughs> it was just funny listening to him say it. And just imagine him trying to um, debate Donald Trump. He'd have to be a little bit harder than he is now. Andrew Yang, I don't think that he'd come off very seriously to older voters. I don't think he'd come off, he's going to come off better to the younger voters but he's definitely not going to come off better to the older voters, and I don't think that's the case, uh, that he would be able to beat Donald Trump. Same thing with O'Rourke. Uh, Gabbard and Booker, Castro, Steyer, Klobuchar, none of them could beat Trump. They might as well just wrap it up now and just go away because the fact of the matter is the main thing that people are asked when they're asked what's the most important thing about the 2020 election that's beating Trump, getting Trump out of office, when you asked Republicans back in 2012 what their most important issue was, same thing. They wanted something that can be perceived to be able to beat Donald Trump. That's why they ended up going with Mitt Romney, because they thought that he could beat Donald Trump. So, or not Donald Trump, sorry, they, they thought that he could beat um, Barack Obama. So, I just don't see any of these other people being able to stand, and that's why, that's, that's obviously why, in national polls, Joe Biden's winning. In a lot of these polls, Joe Biden's winning is because he's the one that's perceived that could beat Donald Trump. The thing is, is that if none of these other people could beat Donald Trump, what's going on, right? If I, I mean, I personally don't think that any of them would be able to beat Donald Trump except for Joe Biden. And I'm not even sure about that because he might make some gaffes and everything else. He might screw up. So what's wrong with the Democrats? What's going on right now? Why are none of them looking that good? Why are we sitting there looking at a bunch of socialist candidates and then one moderate Democrat in Joe Biden? And why are they looking at them as all serious candidates when they're not? That, to me, is the biggest, uh, the biggest kind of news of the Democratic primary right now. I mean, the ones that are not on the debate stage, the ones that are still polling below 1%, John Delaney and them, like they are kind of the moderate ones, but they and they have the money, but they're not getting any traction whatsoever because of the big characters that they already have on stage right now. So, but none of those people could beat Donald Trump except for possibly Joe Biden. And like I said, that's suspect as well. So, what's going to happen? That this has been my theory all along, though. Somebody big some big name, some person that has star power in some way, I don't know who it is, Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, I don't know who else it could be, I mean, they they floated um, 
Oprah Winfrey or something, right? Can one of those people that have star has star power power can they jump in and get on that debate stage and win it? Would they automatically be able to get 15, 20, 30% of the vote just by getting in there? I don't know. But that's my that's 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 the theory that I'm going with that somebody else has to get into the into the campaign because none of these other people seem that serious to me as people that can beat Donald Trump. And like I said, that's what the voters want. So anyway, guys, that's your show for today. Uh, we take a libertarian look at the 2020 election around here, and that's what I do every single day. The reason why we have socialist candidates, though, and that'll get into the whole libertarian part of it, okay? The reason why Democrats are running socialist candidates is because obviously there's a segment, especially the young people, that believe that socialism, that believe that the government should be the one that takes care of them. They believe that the government is a good entity that can be trusted with their lives, with their medicine, with their education, all that stuff. That's what they believe. And we need to start changing that. We need to start arguing amongst each other and start bringing that argument out to them and saying, government is the problem, not the solution, guys. In almost everything that the government does, there's bureaucracy, there's waste, there's fraud, there's abuse. In everything. And they have the ability to lock you up and kill you if they want to. Why would we trust somebody like that? Why would we trust a bunch of flawed people that are politicians with so much power? Why would we trust them? They want the power. They want to keep the power. So they're going to do things that are going to help them keep the power. Like, like, you know, give out favors to their donors. Give out favors to the lobbyists. Because those are the ones that are going to keep them in power. And we trust a bunch of flawed politicians with so much power as a group. That's the flaw in the system. Walmart can't lock you up or kill you. And if they did, it would make the evening news for like a year and people would stop going to Walmart and then they would lose market share and then they'd be out of business. If they start, if you walked in there and they started locking people up for possession of marijuana because they walked in the store and then Walmart started its own private prison and started throwing people in there, they'd lock, they, people would go absolutely bonkers if that was the case. But the federal government can do it, Right? The government can do things that others cannot do just based upon this authority and this perception that they can do it. And no one's going to question it, ever. Except for a few people that are called conspiracy theorists or something. So let's get out there and talk to our friends and our family about about the about limited government, about libertarian ideals, about non-aggression, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. Let's let people know about these things so that they can start believing in liberated government. And then they won't be looking at Democrats that are a bunch of socialists. They'll have some moderate Democrats up there that aren't going to change too much because they won't be able to get votes for it, right? Because the culture has changed. Though The expectation that people have of their government has changed over time, and that's what we want to do. We want to get people to expect less from their government. Change that cultural, make a cultural shift. 
in that direction, okay? So keep on talking to your friends about it. Keep on coming back to listen to this show. And then you will have clear vision for 2020. Hey guys, I'm excited to announce the new podcast I'm coming out with called First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. Now, if you're not a salesperson, then it might not be for you. But if you are a salesperson, or if you know another salesperson, go ahead and direct them towards this show. It's going to be a show that is based upon helping somebody that's in their first year in sales, or maybe even somebody that is in sales already and just wants to brush up on some of the sales skills that they need in order to be successful. I'm focusing on habits and also different parts of the sales process in order to help people to become more successful in their sales job. So like I said, if you know somebody that's in sales, or if you yourself are in sales, go ahead and check out this podcast. It's on all of your podcatchers, anything that you would listen to. And that is called First Year in Sales with Ray Ian.